1: It goes without saying that you are listening to goes without saying with Seffi and Wing. And today's episode is honestly the only chat I ever want to have, which is kind of sexuality, desires, fantasies, oh my god, sexual fantasies, and don't we go crazy in this app, I love it. It's basically the only conversation I'll be having for the foreseeable future. So I hope you enjoy listening to all our kind of darkest desires.
2: God God, what are we doing? Okay, something I thought was really funny is I was on Twitter, as as I do be on Twitter. <laughs> fuck. And I was looking at what everyone was saying about Bo Burnham, which I know that's now two <sighs> weeks in a row that we're talking about Bo Burnham, but I don't really care. And someone was like, oh my God, I don't know why, but I just find Bo Burnham so attractive, blah, blah, blah.
1: Oh, I know why. Because he's fit as fuck.
2: Well, exactly. And then someone replied because he's like, a six foot fucking skinny white man. That's why you find him attractive. And I just thought, yeah, it's so funny that we pick these people like, he's like, oh my God, he's like not typically fanciful. Like I must be different. I must be so different for liking him because no one else likes him, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we are silly girls. We are silly people. He's
1: objectively attractive.
2: He's literally perfect.
1: Also, it's like, he's funny. He's clever.
2: Literally just prototype kind of straight white male. He's
1: literally, yeah, he's... very very attractive guy but it's because he he acts as like kind of the nerd at school like a bit of the dork like the theater boy dork almost thing Mm -hmm. that that is like oh why is he fit why is he like why is he fit oh but it's like no but it's because it's like a good looking guy pretending to be that also
2: you've kind of been sold that because when you see that character in movies everyone was saying oh my god movies like tv like the media has impacted the way that you what you find attractive and what builds your like sexual desire is from what you've seen on TV, even the most quote unquote unattractive people in TV, or like the chubby girl quote unquote, are still better looking than anyone you know in your real life. Exactly, they're still fucking Hollywood actors. They're actors, of course. Like they're Hollywood ugly. Exactly, which is kind of a, a sorry ten out of ten. <laughs> Literally, so funny. Yeah. Well, when you think, well,
1: just for example, like in talking about like weight, for example, do you remember in Greece? Everyone knows the film Greece. Mm-hmm. Fucking Jan, the brusher, brusher, brusher girl. Brush-a. It's like, the whole thing is like, oh, I always knew there was more to you than fat. It's like, that tiny little woman is the fat character. Uh
2: And (laughs) if she's the fattest woman in Hollywood. I think it's funny on two levels in the sense of we're sold ideas of like, oh, this is what it means to be unattractive, but it's someone who's very obviously, objectively attractive or conventionally attractive. But then on the other side, it's funny that us then, if we, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, if us as the beholder, then take it as some sort of like, i'm so quirky i just find crazy guys attractive like do you know what i mean it become we take it on as we think we're unique we think we're not like other girls for thinking that fucking snape is attractive it's like are you are you unique sarah are you i don't think you are
1: well i was gonna use the example of ron of like oh my god i like the like weird best friend ron it's like yeah because it's fucking rupert grin like you would
2: I love that we go to fucking Harry Potter. It's mortifying. You hate that we go to Harry Potter straight away. Well, <laughs> it's just funny that we didn't even do Harry Potter references. We literally gave examples of hot guys. Quite From Harry Potter. <laughs> and they were both Harry Potter characters.
1: Well, and I also did Grease. Yeah,
2: yeah. Grease.
1: I think, and there's also the idea that like, in any movie there's like this big makeover scene and she just takes off her glasses Mm -hmm. and you never knew all along she was like the most beautiful woman it's like well as viewers like how dumb are we that we're supposed to well how dumb do they think we are that we're supposed to think that that woman is ugly because she's got frizzy hair and glasses but we can see very clearly it's literally like Anne Hathaway literally in the most beautiful body ever yeah um just taking off her glasses and now it's like what now she's princess Mia
2: exactly that kind of I didn't know it was Emma Watson under that sweatshirt oh my goodness (laughs) you look so beautiful now you're in a pink dress and you look exactly the same as you did in the last take okay so let me actually talk about this one message that we got because i feel like this is kind of me Mm -hmm. and i uh, it's kind of Freudian, but it's also kind of I think everyone can relate a bit, or a lot of people can relate a bit that they were saying basically that the people that they find attractive look like their dad. Horrendous. And it is kind, it's kind of um, you pick a partner that looks like you, or dogs start to look like their owners, or you yeah. seek out um, kind of you've got quote unquote mummy issues, so you seek out people who act in relationships like your mum. Like I think we go on and on on this podcast about how much what we want and our fears and our desires and our whole personalities are in some way kind of formed by what our experience is basically. And I feel like if your first introduction to this world um, for a lot of people is their parents and also being, you know, in a relationship or not, the, way, the first interaction with people and the first interaction with love, mm. either the absence of love or, you know, a happy marriage, whatever it might be, is through your parents. Then, of course, we take that in in some way, whether we absolutely reject it and go for something completely different or try and find it and not really, you know, if it's a subconscious thing or do you see that for you?
1: Um... I don't know if
2: I see it
1: for me. Wait, let me
2: think. Because so my thing is, I think Bella Hadid is one of the most stunning women alive, but she also looks a lot like my mum when my mum was younger. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. They have a sim. there's one picture in particular, I'm like, that is exactly like my mum or kind of um, just certain men. It's like, they've kind of got darker skin and darker hair and they've got cl- curly. Joe man. Jonas. Like, oh, that's, it makes me ill. Kind of, yeah. If Joe Jonas was like, not a white man. I mean, even then he's pretty, ethnically ambiguous actually i think is kind of the the gag mm. of of them do you know what i mean we saw this funny tiktok that was like i'm not the main character i'm the i'm the rugged boyfriend i'm the rugged ethnically ambiguous boyfriend who comes in in season two yeah i'm the bad guy blah blah blah. it's like yeah that kind of is like joe jonas or kind of and um, what's his name jacob Jake. i was gonna say jacob laughtner Taylor, Taylor Lautner, yeah. who is apparently white, but anyway. I just think it's funny that of course we like seek out, in so, in so many, not just in our relationships, but I just think in so many ways, we often follow the routines that were set up for us by our parents, whether we absolutely reject them or follow them to a T without noticing. There's such a big
1: connection there. It is interesting. I feel like it's one of those things that's hard to see in your own life, but I can identify in other people that I know. It's like, Ooh. you're literally dating your dad sort of thing. It's It's not even so much that they look like their parents, the people they date, but it's like similar behaviours. It's like- 100%. If their dad is particularly like lazy, then they will usually go for like a lazy guy. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay. Like you really are just repeating things. But I'm not sure whether it's like, okay, so those behaviours have been normalised or, and like therefore desirable. Like, okay, your dad sits in front of the TV all day. Okay, so that is just seen as like a normal thing for a guy to do. And that you don't necessarily perceive it as laziness. Mm -hmm. Or whether it's that you have subconsciously got this like freudian thing which is like a drive towards finding someone that is like your dad
2: well i think it's you could argue a lot of us do that you learn through your parents how to survive so if you're thinking, okay, how do I survive? In some way, I have to mirror what they did, which for some of us is not going to go fucking well, is it? These two, these two
1: fucking nutters. Um, interesting topic, hey. But I think that's why people have got fucked up ideas of what a relationship is as well. Oh, for sure. Your blueprint is two fucking absolute lunatics that got pregnant in their twenties, and they're just here, like, right, okay, this is how we guess we do this. We're in a dysfunctional relationship where we can't communicate. We hate our jobs. We're like, we're stuck in the patriarchy. We're stuck in a load of shit. Um how do we raise a child here and then that's your mirror um or your like blueprint of what your future most likely will look like Mm -hmm. it's like okay well i must follow the i must follow a certain set of rules then if i then fit into the category of my mum what my mum did to survive was marry this fucking loser so i guess i've got to find my loser there he is Turns out it sits in front of the TV all day. Brilliant. One hundred,
2: Yeah, literally. Just what I know. Oh my God. But then
1: also that's why I think it's really interesting when people are saying most of their desires came from like the media, like film and TV or even like music and books. I think it's like, that's why we need these grand people. Edward Cullen, a vampire. Oh my God. Jacob Swan? What's his name? Jacob Black. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah is it i think his name is jacob black because isn't the dad's name bobby black bobby billy billy black (laughs)
2: <laughs> this could be all wrong yeah no I think you're right it just sounds awful honestly it just sounds like if I was writing a novel those aren't the character names I would pick but I guess hey what do I know
1: Bella Swan and Jacob Black and Edward Cullen it's like yeah Cullen's the best oh my
2: god fit. well I think she thought she was doing something by having Jacob Black and then Edward Cullen is kind of white as snow like yeah yeah, yeah. she thought she had something with Um, like seeing what your parents said and then consciously trying to reject it. I think I said it even maybe a few episodes ago. Maybe I didn't say it, I don't know. I'm constantly talking Constantly talking shit I can't keep up with What I have said to who And who's heard what And blah 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 So you're just gonna hear it all But I remember my mum Like learned things from You know her parents And was like Okay I'm gonna I'm not gonna make those mistakes And then ended up making Different mistakes with me And I've said to my therapist Multiple times Even though I can be aware Of what mistakes were made for me Maybe I won't make them But I'm gonna make different ones And they could be way worse And yeah Do you know what I mean I think it's funny that Sometimes we think we're so smart by being super self-aware and and like really observant and really analytical and being like, okay, I'm going to choose. I'm going to break the generational cycle. This is what scares me. I'm going to be the the fork in the road. Yeah, I'm going to be the... Yeah, exactly. We've got all these high hopes for who
1: we're going to be. This is what scares me because I just think, right, it's... I literally think back and go, idiot, 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 idiot. (laughs) i'm gonna be the one that can change this like look at all your mistakes like how are you so blind the hopped out of the womb somehow the most self-aware girl and i'm just gonna fuck up in different ways
2: and your great 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 granddaughter is pretty fine and we'll be looking back on you thinking she's an idiot, idiot 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 especially
1: my child will probably be quite i don't know They'll probably be calling never else idiots. So it's literally like... <laughs> she just goes out saying. Goes out saying my kid will think they're the smartest person ever born. So it's funny when you think... Jesus You got this All like Crazy Like look at all these Behaviors that you haven't Sorted It's like Well I've got a lot of shit To sort out That I don't push that Onto my children Like I Still have a fucked up Relationship with um Romance and sexuality So many things So it's almost And desire So I almost think It's like right I've got to Get a grip on all of this Before I fucking End up with some Fucking um, Human being Human And make a human With them And then pop out That human And then they go Not to, not to overstate it But Yeah and then the kids They're like right okay this is the blueprint it's like no no don't take my life as the blueprint like that's a mess that's a mess 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 honestly mess 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 (laughs) gotta sweep some shit up before you come out oh my god and even just like your own behaviors in terms of like just like insecurities and stuff like when i've seen this is kind of not at all on topic but just on topic of parenting
2: it's on the topic of you and it is your podcast after all
1: true true to true, true so i'm just going to say an off point uh-huh. but it's like when i look at parents that clearly have like issues with food and stuff and then their children that clearly have issues with food i just think it's like god what a shame that that person couldn't get that sorted because then their child wouldn't have been born into that sort of mm-hmm. um shit like which wouldn't have it would be inevitable for them then to have an eating disorder and stuff so i almost just think it's like i always think with myself it's like i want to get a hook on my own like body dysmorphia and stuff before i can before i have a kid because it's like it would be so unfair to have a kid whilst I'm still there going, right, I'm fat. What am I thinking? My kid's fat.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's mental. It's like, I'm going, Jesus, you might want to eat a bit less now. Well,
2: I've seen, I've seen
1: people do that. Yeah.
2: yeah, for sure. How many parents have I seen do that to their kids? Absolutely. I, I think it, part of it is kind of the cheek of it, of us. To me, it is also like privileged talks mm-hmm. in the sense that we're like, you guys are fucking stupid as fuck. Like, Thanks for (laughs) bringing me here, like, you dumb fucks. Like, I'm gonna do this so different. I'm the innocent little girl that's now got all the answers. Well, exactly. It's like, well, you would say that, wouldn't you? Because you've been fed loads of information that that has broadened your mind like you even you have a term for um fucking anxiety you have a term for body dysmorphia that didn't exist when i was your blah 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 they're well in their rights to say that so yeah everyone's pretty fucked hey pretty fucked (laughs) so anyway fantasizing who are you fantasizing about these days
1: yeah let's talk about it i this is my favorite topic Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not actually, my last deep fantasy, but basically kind of the reason we wanted to talk about this. So I don't know, it, like when I first found TikTok, so the beginning of lockdown, when I was first like got into the TikTok hole, I found all these videos on my like fucking algorithm that were, they were just appearing to me of like me planning out my like fantasies before I go to sleep, like me scripting out who I'm in love with before I go to sleep. And then like daydream, like dreaming about it all night or kind of having like in-depth scripted fantasies about like characters from films or like pop stars, I guess, and things like that. (laughs) like harry styles and i genuinely thought i was a complete freak for doing this like i genuinely throughout my entire life like i remember the first one being with nat wolf from naked brothers band on brownie camp probably scripting out in my mind like i'm gonna have a big fantasy like nat wolf but did you never
2: talk about it with your friends as
1: a child not in the way that's like do you Pick who you're going to fantasise about. And then you, like, I go through real phases. You
2: create a world, yeah.
1: I thought it was just, like, daydreaming was normal. And I did, like, a weird level.
2: Me and my friend growing up had a really sweet deal where we would call each other on our home phones. We're children. We're like probably like nine years old and we would be like let's do the story Ugh, love love oh my god <laughs> it's embarrassing if she ever hears this It's like actually quite mortifying can we do the story the the story. it was called the story and the story basically meant create a story for like we would so basically we would get on the phone my mom would be like erin and blah blah blah's on the phone and i would run down get the phone hi mrs thingy can i talk to erin please uh, yeah run up to my room it would be sh- okay shall we do the story luckily at the time we were for example the jonas brothers Mm -hmm. and it would be that i would be like okay you walk in to a fucking i don't even fucking know like i don't know i think i'm pretty good with coming up with these little now but anyway we come up with them sometimes we we kind of do the story (laughs) all the time but no we don't we don't it's like to another level. Got it. I, I mean, I'm literally holding my phone up, like, in my hand, like, as if I'm doing it now. It would be like, okay, you walk in, you're wearing blah, blah, blah. We would basically tell each other. It was kind of scripting. It's kind of personalised fan fiction.
1: We would be on the phone for hours. You're writing pad fiction. Yeah,
2: you're, you're writing short stories. Well, they were actually long stories. And if it was a good one, we would be like, oh my god, let's do the one from last time, blah, blah, blah. And we would literally be like, you met him, you're met. you walking down the thing and he says blah, 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 blah. Word, and you're just listening to what the person's saying. You're not interrupting them. They're telling a story. It was a really good exercise in creative thinking, actually. You're writing young adult fiction. 100%. But it would almost... And then you'd be like, and then he kisses you and then you start having (gasps) sex. Like, blah, blah. It was quite sexual. Yeah.
1: God, they always are. They always are. Well,
2: it has to be. Otherwise, what's the fucking point?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, and then he... Then you have a lovely dinner. You eat your mushroom ravioli.
2: And then he waved at you and he turned around and that was it. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) literally. literally.
1: Yeah, so who are you fantasizing about at the moment?
2: I'm not fantasizing I am not about anyone at the moment. I'm over it now.
1: I thought it was Sebastian Stan.
2: Well, it was, but I've, I, I don't ever want to see his fucking face again. Do you ever get like that where you like get like a, like you get into somebody and then you take it too far and then you get really sick of them. Cause that's what I've done with like so many people.
1: You get sick of them. No, I just more get like severely depressed.
2: Well, have you ever gotten over them? You've got to go through the
1: depression to get over them.
2: Oh, you have to get through the depression to get over them. I remember us saying, before it's like, do I turn up? I have to turn up at Seth Rogen's door thing begging release me release me from this curse of loving you (laughs) like what have you done to me like please (laughs) set me free yeah
1: genuinely but this is why i find celebrities much harder than fictional characters because at the moment i'm in a real fantasizing thing about the hound from game of thrones and he's been one of my favorites (laughs) for ages
2: but he's a good one the
1: hound if you don't know who that is he's kind of the world's biggest man (laughs) he's kind of google him he's yeah. He's quite a brute. He's such a brute. He's kind of Hagrid. <laughs> or a boar. Could you say a boar? A boar. Yeah. No, he's a big kind of um, beast man. A boarish man. Yeah, yeah. He, it kind of, it wouldn't be surprising if he genuinely was a werewolf. A
2: beast. A real beast. He would be great at playing Beauty and the Beast. He would. <laughs> it's kind of the worst thing someone, imagine someone's like, you know that girl Sefi? She would play a great beast, beast. in Beauty and the beast. Not the human version, but the beast. <laughs> Not Belle. The beast. The beast. The beast.
1: You <laughs> don't really like the beast.
2: The funny thing with the hound is I remember saying to you, like, it's quite good because he, he can't... It's like what well, you're kind of going to a wedding together. You can't be like, this is my boyfriend. Like, <laughs> what is it name? Like, Sandor Clegane. <laughs> he's got a big sword with him. Sword?
1: Yeah, he's wearing armour.
2: <laughs> he's wearing...
1: This is my boyfriend. He's just called the hound. Oh, my God. He's called Sandor. It's
2: like, you're walking around kind of Topshop, are you? <laughs>
1: yeah, he's got a half burnt face. <laughs> Boyfriend. you're walking around tesco with sandal cocaine google the hound if you haven't seen game of thrones it's not someone that could be your boyfriend it's too much which is why i think he's safe which is why seth rogan can't work Exa- or jamie Dornan or sebastian stan oh, Jamie Dornan, i don't
2: even want to fucking go there
1: or prince harry or any of the fucking people in life these people can't be good
2: because they exist. You know what I've realised why I like Prince Harry so much? Mm-hmm. Is because to me I think the ultimate because, I <laughs> I keep bringing up my trauma as I do, but I feel like to me in in a situation where I needed, as a child, I needed someone to come in and protect me and defend me and take me out of the situation and save me. And if
1: it's Prince Harry it's really
2: fucking good. As now, as a grown woman, the most kind of desirable thing is, is a man or someone defending you and protecting you and saving you and taking you out of the
1: thing and that's why that Meghan markle interview where he's like oh. he's protecting her oh my god can, do you know the bit in that that caused the fantasy is that when he said that they were in canada and that he came in and said pack your bags our our fucking security's got to go we've got to leave now oh you love that bit <laughs> and that bit is like my baby me now. oh my god prince harry's like taking me away from canada because i'm no longer safe that's a fantasy
2: i'd watch the film of that i mean it's it's crazy because it's also like one of the most horrific moments of their lives like it's like very serious like trauma danger so traumatic and we're like god that's so fucking hot like we're kind of fingering ourselves over like this actual (laughs) really disgusting horrific event like the
1: most uh, horrific um sort of institution of the royal family taking away security from a a baby boy are you joking and a woman because she's black are you mad oh my god it's too much well that's why it real people this is why i have my big rule don't fantasize about people you know but luckily i don't know fucking prince harry and even more than that i really don't fucking know the hound yeah because i don't even know the actor's name and it's he doesn't exist that's why i think i'm safe in the worlds of like game of thrones harry potter or like um i don't know even just like any film i'll watch i like, oh, like, love them love them love them but it'll usually be like a fantasy vibe because i feel like we got really in this is when i was in portugal well i think we recorded a, an episode on body image and we were talking about our fantasies about harry potter at the time but we got
2: harry potter in yeah, to bad. the fantasies
1: about harry potter but
2: i don't like the harry potter daydreaming stuff because you can i don't like it doesn't i get what you mean it's nice to know like look it's never gonna happen but it's almost that's even more dissatisfying that's almost part of the heartbreak
1: yeah it's almost worse because it's like game of thrones it's like yeah i can have a fantasy about that but i wouldn't want to exist in that world
2: Mm, yeah but there's a
1: bit of it that's like harry potter fuck i would want to exist in that world yeah i would want to go to hogwarts like i would but like in game of thrones like well i'm getting raped i don't want to live there
2: yeah you're dead you're dead me
1: like realistically i meet the hound he just kills me straight
2: away he's kind of he's punching children he's punching little maisie williams and you're like oh yeah that's fit he's killing them (laughs) he's killing children it's insane he's literally a
1: child murderer a slaughterer but he's quite cute though he's so big (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> He's oh big God. and strong man.
1: He's kind of a woodcutter.
2: A lumberjack vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing he's huge that's why I think it's funny that like we think we're so unique in finding certain things attractive but you still can um strip it back down to the to a stereotype he's a strong man and it's because it's this big strong man yeah he's a big strong man that can protect you It's fit kind of oh he's sensitive he's
1: like God, he's soft on the inside it is, he acts tough on the outside but he's a little softy on the inside yeah it's easy it's kind of do I like Lenny from Of Mice and Men a bad boy
2: exactly it's like it's fucking written and it's been written a thousand times over, mate.
1: There was one question that I really liked or someone's answer. So we asked on the story. I don't know. I can't. I don't have it actually up here what we asked on the story. Do you know what we asked? Kind of what makes you fantasize?
2: Yeah. Where does your desire come from? There we go. <laughs>
1: what makes you fantasize? <laughs> and someone said God, the desire to be anywhere but here. And then in brackets they put and also sexy people. But I think that is also partially why a lot of fantasies and a lot of the things people were writing was, like, from kind of dystopian or, like, fictional um, universes. It's not just, Mm. oh, it's, like, a big fantasy about the guy down the road. It's like, yeah, you might have a momentary, like, fleeting daydream about, like, the guy that lives next door. And it's like, oh, like, imagine if he knocked on my door and, like, blah, 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 blah. But you don't actually have these, like, detail. Well, I think it's more common to have these huge detailed fantasies about people that are from, like completely separate worlds like for example like the marvel universe you might be like oh i fucking love spider-man
2: everyone's loving loki these days
1: saw that in the discord loki yeah
2: and in the and on the instagram
1: i've never seen any marvel film other than spider-man but i did think god tom holland you know what we? <laughs> i think about tom holland
2: but that's why you've only seen that spider-man film because i said to you if you see this film you'll be fantasizing the whole way home about tom holland so let's go And you were right. And you did. Because you know why I knew you would love it is because that bit when they're, there's a bit where they're on the plane and he's like, planned the whole thing. He's like, I'm going to sit next to Zendaya. I'm going to talk like, we can blah, blah, blah. And then he gets to the fucking plane and Zendaya has to sit with this like hot guy, quote unquote, hot guy. They're sharing earphones. It's like, no, no, no. That has not gone to plan at all. Like, you can feel how defeated he is. I think it's like that he
1: downloaded a playlist or something that he wanted to listen to. Just the idea of sharing headphones with the guys. Like oh you...
2: my God. Oh, I
1: can feel it. On a
2: plane journey and you're sat right next to each other. Oh, I can feel it now. Wait, is that feeling of like desperately wanting to be sat with someone?
1: Oh, oh. God. <laughs> it's too much. I also love Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> Whatever that was what called. <laughs> with Tom Holland. Because it's that school trip feeling which I can really yes. feel as well of like, oh my God, we're on the bus together. That was
2: why I said to you you're going to love it.
1: Yeah, we're on the bus. Like, oh my God, well, I've got to get my outfits together. It's just like, fuck, I can just... You're
2: far from home. And
1: it's Tom Holland and then I saw him in his corset and I thought, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Tom yeah. Holland in a corset dancing to umbrella. Are you joking? Yeah. But that's why I think it's easier. It's not only the desire to be, oh my God, I'm with the Hound or oh my God, I'm with Jon Snow or like what, I don't can't think of any other fucking fictional. Worlds like you're in even like call me by your name i'm timothy chalamet mm. call me by your name it's like yeah you're in this kind of beautiful italian wonderful oh, well world. i've
2: got bad news for you <laughs> your lover is a cannibal
1: that is the kick in the tooth of that whole film plot twist he's literally eating skin <laughs> Disgusting
2: plot twist.
1: Call me by your name, too. There's definitely an appeal of wanting to enter a separate world rather than actually, oh, well, I love Timothy Chalamet. It's like you don't actually love Army Hammer's fucking character in Call Me By Your Name. You love the vibe of Italy because realistically, you're sat at your boring desk being like, oh, I wish I was in fucking Italy. And I wouldn't complain if Army Hammer was there. Although we
2: would. Oh, for sure. Well, <laughs> yeah. Run a mile, players, guys. <laughs> running for the fucking hills.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you get to Italy. Army hammers there. Run. Oh,
2: God.
1: <laughs> He's getting the barbecue ready as we speak.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, God, I'm touching wood. I don't know for what. Yeah, honestly, terrifying, man. That's horrible.
1: If you don't know what we're talking about, Army Hammer's a cannibal,
2: yeah? Oh, if you don't know what we're talking about, just don't even go into it. Ugh. Anyway, anyway. Don't Google. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, This reminds me, someone... I actually saved one of the messages that we got. Someone said that they daydream kind of in excess to kind of essentially distract them from the misery of their own lives because it's easier to daydream and lose a whole day than it is to actually do anything scary and change your situation and i just thought that is the most beautiful tragedy i've ever heard honestly yeah
1: literally (laughs) yeah it's like, can't we all relate? But can't we all just think, uh
2: It's honestly, I'm in this photo and I don't like it.
1: I think that's when you know it's stepping because have you ever had one, and I know you have because we've spoken about it before, where I mean, for example, your Seth Rogen thing that you had when we were in Brighton. I remember we were on the beach, beautiful day in Brighton. And you're like, oh, fucking Seth Rogen. And that's when it starts like <laughs> intruding into your life. Because you're on the beach with no. all your friends. And, like your boyfriend's like texting. And you're like, Seth Rogen. <laughs> like, Why don't you love me, Seth? I'm in Seth. No, but I remember when I first found this out about Nat Wolf, this fantasizing thing that, oh my God, when mm. I thought I will never be Seth, um, never be with Nat Wolf, I remember I was sad the whole brownie camp. I was like, fucking nat wolf nat wolf is yeah. naked brothers band he doesn't know who i am is when it starts intruding
2: but the thing is it's not even about nat wolf and it's not even about seth rogan and i think in part it's not even about the romance or the sex of it at all i think it is actually something in your life and it's not necessarily sexual that you want you're looking for distraction you're looking to to escape
1: i think you're looking for drama
2: uh, we're quite different aren't we oh, so totally. Sefie's, yeah seffy's daydreams and fantasies are really quite dramatic
1: they're violent
2: whereas mine yeah mine yours are very angsty whereas mine are very um mine are for escape like I'll, i want to escape drama to go into i'll have like a nice amount of drama just to keep the plot going <laughs> but it needs to be beautiful
1: I remember once I used to fantasise about having a miscarriage with oh, Noel Fielding. Jesus. Like, that
2: was mental. Oh, well, now I'm touching wood and I'm Touch sorry wood. if anyone's going through that situation.
1: That was when I was, like, 13 and I didn't really know what they were. I I think I used to... I wanted arguments in my daydreams. And I still think I do. You want angst? Yeah, I want the... Um, the power imbalance. like Tension. You want tension to break. That's why I think I I wouldn't go for Cedric, for example. I'd go for Malfoy. It's like the evil drama of it all.
2: Yeah. But
1: yours, for example, you. it's just like a very loving time.
2: Well, I'm also a big daydreamer just in life. I don't know if it's Pisces, Moon or just all the trauma. But I'm a big like... I spend a lot of time in my head and I can't have, I can't have my reality be angsty and then also my head be angsty as well. It's like, I'll die. Well, I think that's the problem, isn't it?
1: Cause it's like, I wouldn't even say my life is particularly unangsty. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's a lot of angst in my actual day to day, but then I just think I, yeah. almost the blueprint of what is romantic in films is this angsty and like almost quite violent and possessive and like drama filled relationship. So that's almost what I see as the blueprint of romance. So I'm no wonder when I've been gro- I've grown up thinking, oh my God, God, fucking Edward's gonna kill me, like you're gonna kiss, but he's also gonna bite me and kill me. That's mm-hmm. fair. Then mm-hmm. I've got this kind of thing where I'm like, Oh, like I'm having a miscarriage. It's like what the fuck?
2: I was gonna say that. I almost think even when you say that I'm like, whoa, like I'm so thrown. I feel like I'm oh my god, what? What the hell? But it's also it's largely because well in in two worlds, largely because miscarriage is seen as a women's issue so it's so like stigmatized and taboo and you can't talk about it yeah but then also women's desire is in part that in the same way such a taboo and you can't talk about it that i remember i and i don't know what we say in this episode it's called rape fantasies something something
1: and bdsm god fucking <laughs> no. we're
2: obviously super equipped to talk about that <laughs> we know just what we're talking about There. we know everything about that um not it's kind of, I don't, yeah i don't know what we say in that episode but I just think it's real. It's not shocking. Like, yeah. it's it's absolutely... Well, insane is kind of the wrong word to use. But it's absolutely like complex I guess it's a complex thing for like a teenage like can we unpack that like a teenage girl uh, do you know what I mean there's a teenage girl who's got a hook on a really really heartbreaking really really traumatic event
1: traumatic real also potentially probable thing with Noel Fielding who's also there's a lot to say about him what we were also saying in that rape culture episode is that obviously desire is so fucking nuanced and complex that what you're fantasizing about doesn't necessarily mean that you want it so Mm. for example Like rape fantasies. I remember studying this actually in my, in like a film essay at uni. That it's like rape, rape fantasies are actually very common in like highly religious communities the idea of like i'm fantasizing about rape because it almost gives you an escape for feeling um for uh, for sex which rape is not sex goes without fucking saying
2: Ugh, goes without saying
1: but it's almost like okay well if i remove sexual desire from this i didn't ask for this mm-hmm. therefore i'm allowed to have a fantasy and it's fucked up but i think it's the difference and knowing the nuance between a desire is not a, a fantasy desire is not something that you want to happen in real life yeah it's an exploration of self me as a 13 year old girl being like oh my god i'm having a miscarriage yeah yeah basically it was me being like oh my god i want then Noel fielding to protect me exactly and therefore i want no a big man to protect me and my baby and the, the loss of love and that like all of this stuff and it's a fucking teenage girl's mind is complex and an adult woman's mind is complex as well
2: absolutely and
1: desire is the most fucked up shit i've ever seen in my life yeah
2: yeah it is it really really is
1: 'Cause people were writing crazy shit in,
2: like, oh god goes that fucking saying. Yeah, for sure. I wish I, I wish I yeah, I just wish I had like a really good point because I don't. I'm just like it is yeah, it's just insane, isn't it? Okay, I have a question for you. It's kind of in two parts. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of um like an essay, part A, and then follow on to part B. Um, the other day. Well, it was kind of when we were talking about this episode, you were saying that you, I guess, and also these questions very much follow the idea of a gender binary, which is not really, I mean, not at all what we believe in. But Hmm. for the sake of discussing patriarchy, it's going to follow that route. You were saying that you had spoken to a male friend Mm -hmm. or a boyfriend, but not your boyfriend. (laughs) And he you were saying that you spoke to your friend about what he would fantasise about or what he would um daydream about or what his desire would be and he said, I don't know if you are you're happy with this to go in, but yeah, he yeah. basically said, Oh, I dream about I dream. I have this dream that I'm. You said it is as, as if he's looking in the mirror. Vera said it's kind of I'm. I've won the FA Cup. All of my friends are clapping me. I'm in glory, eternal glory.
1: It was that once he was he was work, walking home from school... from school. He was walking home from work. Lol, I literally think we're fourteen. <laughs> you have like
2: a fourteen-year-old friend.
1: <laughs> Genuinely, he was walking home from school. My fourteen-year-old mate. He's walking home from work. Um, <laughs>
2: you friends with this little like kid from
1: year eight. <laughs> I genuinely think that my view us as like year eight, so I get confused sometimes. Oh
2: my god! He was walking
1: home from work, and he was like, "Oh, I was just having like the best daydream." And I was like, "What were you daydreaming about, of interest?" Because I was probably in a daydreaming mm. state of mind of like, "Oh, I'm daydreaming about Jamie Lannister."
2: <laughs> well, I can't see him saying he's having a daydream and you not asking. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And then he was like, "Oh, it's just like me, just like scoring the final goal in like the Premier <laughs> Cup."
2: It's like Jesus. It's always you only. Honestly- you couldn't write it. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's so on the nose. But it's it's
1: literally just the most basic boy fucking daydream, and it's like oh this is what boys daydream about like because kind of if i was to ask any one of my friends yeah sure it might be something of success or something but i think like nine times out of ten it's like oh it's about fucking ryan from fucking work the office ryan from high school musical <laughs> it's about ryan from work and he's <laughs> like i was just daydreaming about like if he asked me out like it would just be a thing like that
2: well i'll tell you the stat
1: yeah this this shocked me yeah it wasn't as it wasn't as binary as i thought which i love to see
2: yeah are your daydreams mostly romantic in nature or other so like work related success anything else basically and 55% said that it was romantic in nature because when we were talking about this initially Sefi had said that her friend had said that he had daydreamed about success and blah 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 whereas for sefi she would imagine that whilst women have those daydreams women also have romantic daydreams but men more often would have daydreams about anything else other than romance is kind of the hypothesis that you presented right
1: i kind of view it as the men that i speak to in my life would be more kind of like Sex and status daydreams, Mm. and I feel like women would have like sex, status, and romance dreams. Yeah, like daydreams that there's this idea that's been presented to women of like romance. Like the amount of preoccupation we have with romance in our mind compared to men Mm. is um off. It's not um balanced. Almost the idea that well, it's because women romance is seen as like a female genre. Romance is seen as like a female thing. Of a a man will the like trope is that men don't want to commit. That like a woman dreams of wedding day every girl dreams of her wedding day but men is that what
2: they told you at the wedding magazine that you worked out <laughs> <laughs> can we bring that conversation back
1: i'm not saying these as my beliefs i'm saying this is as the patriarchal belief that <laughs> get your man to commit to you by learning these 10 blowjobs tricks yeah, like it's kind of oh and in rich- and in exchange for that you will be give- given this princess day of a white dress and happily ever after and all of this shit.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
1: i kind of just think it's interesting that the idea of that feeds into our fantasies of like women are daydreaming about like not even explicitly sex which of course we are status and sex and all of these things but it's like there's this added addition of romance which i think has the monopoly over women's daydreams which that just doesn't seem to be in the men that i speak to showing up in the same way Mm
2: -hmm. well fascinating because the part b to my question Mm. was going to be talking about how everyone views we all see women be sexualized, so all of us would be more inclined to have an attraction to women yeah. versus it's not under the patriarchy it's not kind of men aren't sexualized in the same way etc cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: Completely this is what um, my article was about. So
2: I guess the crux. The crux. Oh yeah, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Just
1: that was what my article was about when I, I wrote an article for Salty Magazine. And it was kind of that, the idea that I hear a lot of the time women be like, oh, I'm sexually attracted to women, but romantically attracted to men. And my hypothesis, I guess, again, with mm-hmm. that was, why am I coming up with this hypothesis? Like, Jesus, no one asked that of <laughs> it's you. It's kind of Sefi al. <laughs> Got another theory on the go. Yeah, Is that um, our idea of romance is fucked because under patriarchy, women are so sexualized that all women can understand a sexual attraction towards women but they can't feel romance towards them because our idea of romance is rooted in like possession Mm. and jealousy and like um ownership basically
2: we've never been taught romance from women with women yeah yeah to the point where do you remember when we watched that series dead to me yeah and you don't have to watch it guys don't worry about it but (laughs) it's fine you can watch it
1: it's literally fine it's not even good it's fine
2: yeah it's fine it follows two women um in their friendship velma and yeah it's so i remember saying like it's so unusual it's so like not common to see women or female or yeah women friendships on tv that half the time i'm thinking are they about to start fucking like oh they're getting a bit closer they're gonna start kissing but it's like no they're, they're literally just friends like we never see two women talk normally we never see like female relate we never see women's relationships on tv so that when i see them i'm like uh is this kind of hot or not are
1: they gonna have sex yeah well i thought this the other day because i was watching a series with my family like fucking david tennant thing my brother's obsessed with david tennant so we're like <laughs> right we're gonna watch david tennant thing the only thing i can get him to sit down with <laughs> to watch and it was like yeah there's these two women in it and i was like they're about to have an affair they're definitely about to have an affair.
2: Exactly. And everyone was like, what are you talking
1: about? No, they're not, you fucking freak.
2: Everyone's like, shut up, pervert. It's like, oh, God." Yeah, you've
1: projected that onto them. It's like, they're literally staring at each yeah. other. in this. Like, yeah. they're obviously about to fuck. And they didn't. Well, yeah, no. But I was like, what the hell was that?
2: Now I look nuts. Well, too right they didn't. It's just normal. But like, we just present women are so sexualized. That the minute there's two of them in the room, it's like, oh God, it's getting hot in here. Jesus Christ. Steamy. Take her top off. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. It's almost kind of why everyone thinks we're a couple. They don't, but like we've had it a few times. Mm. It's kind of, yeah, two women can't coexist in the same space without someone thinking someone's getting fingered. It's like, let me tell you straight here and now, (laughs) it's
1: not happening. But that's why it's important to hear women speaking about um, other topics. What's it called? The Bechdel test. The b- yeah, is it that? <laughs>
2: I was gonna say, do you remember when I was telling you guys about this and we I was like, I don't know the name of it, but and some guy on the train was like It's called the Bechadel test. Yeah. I don't think it's Bechadel, I think that's almost Bechamel. (laughs) Bechamel sort cheesy angle.
1: (laughs) We're making a lasagna. But it's some kind of test. It's a film it's a film thing. But for some this classically was not taught to me in my film modules because classically everyone hates women.
2: Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. But it's the
1: idea that in most films there's like only a select amount of films actually pass this test where there are there's a conversation between women that isn't about men if a film is lucky enough to have a conversation with women it will be about men which is shocking but that's why i think it's important to have like representation of women talking not about men it's like anything but sex and men
2: yeah that's the thing is you can never find well you can but it's like well it's seen as a woman's not film. a common occurrence to have yeah a scene where two women are talking about something that isn't other that isn't another character who is a man
1: yeah and that's why any film that isn't that is seen as like crude or sort of a woman's film
2: exactly we wouldn't have ever read harriet potter because no. it never would have come out it would have been a silly woman's story. And that would have been it. And I guess JK Rowling would have had a different path. And in some ways, maybe the world would be a better <laughs> place. But who knows, hey? I guess we'll never know. Um, It was really interesting reading everyone's, like, desires. <laughs> like, re- kind of reading everyone's diary. It
1: would be interesting, wouldn't it? Everyone's personal diaries.
2: Oh, my God. So someone actually made a good point in the in the Instagram or, like, on the questions about... Their desire is shaped. Their desire and their daydreams is shaped through their experiences of learning what they do and don't like with real, like IRL partners, Mm. right? Which I just thought was interesting. Um, so I wanted to ask you in a similar vein, how? And I guess going off the back of what you were saying earlier about the what you were daydream about when you were a lot younger, how have your daydreams changed? Ooh, Over love, time, love, love. and like, what did your fantasies look like when you were younger versus what do they look like now? Might be very, very similar, might be the exact same, but I just think it's interesting to, I guess, contrast. Fucking 13 year old's desire with you now.
1: That is so funny because I literally remember lying in my bunk bed. Well, we had like loft bed, like, you know, mm-hmm. loft bed vibes, wanted a slide going down, but I had bought the ones that I walked up the steps famously screaming when my parents got, yeah. to, got split up. Oh, we know the ones. And I was just screaming, screaming, screaming. But I remember lying in my loft bed fantasizing about Zach from Sweet Life and Zach and Cody and I was just lying there thinking good choice in my mind we're kissing we're in the what's it called the Tipton we're <laughs> kissing <laughs> At the, like at some oh kind of like we out for dinner we're kind of
2: in maddie's room
1: um and <laughs> i remember we're, we're kissing 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 snog 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 but i was obviously like 11 and i remember thinking i wish there was something more than kissing like i almost want our bodies to like go into each other or something like i wish we could like merge bodies or something like you invented sex honestly i invented sex in my mind ceo of sex because <laughs> i didn't know what sex was i was just there watching <laughs> sweet life of zach and cody i was like why can't There'd be more to this. Like, why is this not... It's satisfying, but it's just... Mm, there needs to be something more. It's not an arse. And now, obviously, <laughs> now I know what sex is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I've got some good news for you. You're going to
1: love this. But now it's crazy thinking back. It's like, God, there must be some complete it's not so much it's the nature versus nurture thing it's like i was never told about sex at that age or i was told that
2: i don't know how you were that old and didn't know about sex though unless i think i just
1: or i think i knew what sex was but i didn't know that it was like a pleasurable thing i thought it was Mm. you to hear about sex from a biological like reproductive point of view it's like when people love each other they do this thing babies Mm. are born whatever i don't think i knew of it. it's like if i want to kiss zach from zach and cody I'm not thinking about having a baby with him when I'm like a baby myself. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. what can we do that's more than kiss? Like, God,
2: it's so fucking fascinating.
1: It's so weird, isn't it? That I knew there was something before knowing there was something.
2: Yeah, so weird.
1: I always think this about like age anyway, that it's so funny that like when I'm 40, I'm going to fancy a 40 year old man, sort of things like that. Uh-huh. That it's funny that- Well,
2: I hope so. Hopefully when you're 40, you're not still fantasizing about- Zach Zach and Cody, Cody.
1: but it's just funny, isn't it, that there was a point in time when Zach from Zach and Cody was attractive to me. Well, because for
2: men, that's what they do. Totally. In the way that it's not weird for Leonardo DiCaprio to to date an eighteen year old uh, to be what like fifty something, fifty maybe, yeah, and he's fantasizing about teenagers, an
1: eighteen year old Mm -hmm. woman, yeah, children. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm But it's just funny that it's like there would be a point now where I'm fantasizing about the Hound.
2: Yeah, it's yeah.
1: just I, I almost think it's funny that it changes as you grow.
2: I think that, yes, yes. That's a man. That's uh-huh. a man,
1: man. Mm-hmm. Like me at 14 was not fantasizing about the Hound because that's like a scary big man. I'm fantasizing about um Chad from High School Musical. Uh-huh. And even he feels like old at that point. But now I look back and I'm like, Chad, a child, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. funny how it really changes. Like there's going to be a point in your life when you fancy a 70 year old man. So
2: basically the people have got older. Is that the yeah, answer? literally age? <laughs> We've aged up.
1: Age. I learned what sex was
2: and I grew up. <laughs> what about you? Well, I I think I agree with you that it's so fucking interesting because also, let me find the actual stat. Only 16% of people on our story think it's possible to ever fully understand desire. Mm. 16%. Well, that's a bleak world. Well, how how do we understand it? How can we understand it? is that bleak what do you mean well i think it's bleak in the sense that we're not equipped for the convo we can't articulate how we feel that sort of thing well
1: i think i think it's bleak from a gender point of view because mm-hmm. i think that's with uh, 90 something percent of uh, female audience and i think it's interesting that i wonder if you were asking that on a men's thing when they've got all se- essentially sexual resources are targeted at men all your porn you just type in porn and it's porn for men, made by men for men, mm-hmm, and that we need mm-hmm. to have specific porn websites that are for women like Balesa and things like that, that I'm not really surprised that there's like a huge amount of women that are like, can't do the maths, of 14%, 86% so <laughs> being like, we can never understand desire because it's like, well, our desires are so um, seen as secondary to the the mass desire, mm-hmm. which is um, men's desire.
2: I completely agree. But I also think those men don't really understand the desire. No, no, absolutely Anyway, not. like, I think they there's, like, um, sexual, like, products for them, but I don't think that anyone has the resources. In the way that, yeah, we don't have, like, good sex education at all, and, like, obviously it caters a certain type of person, but even that person, even the kind of straight white male, has minimal understanding of his desire because the second he watches Call Me By Your Name... He's going to be shitting himself. He won't want to turn up to work the next day because he's thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be shunned.
1: I wonder what that's like to watch Call Me By Your Name as like quite a repressed sort of straight man. To watch that, you must be shaking when you realise that you're turned on.
2: That's what I mean. Yeah. When you
1: realise, fuck, this looks desirable. God.
2: I guess we'll never know, hey?
1: I also watched a great film. I would actually love to talk about, um, we kind of touched on it in the Tom Holland conversation Mm. a bit about... (laughs) Not in this, I'm not Spider-Man, Far From Home. <laughs> the other time we were talking about Tom Holland. In the other Tom Holland, when he dances to Umbrella in a corset. uh
2: uh-huh. um,
1: About, like, the bizarre, like, kind of niche of... It's quite a popular niche of, like, female sexual desire of... For Of sure. seeing two gay men have sex. Because I definitely think, like... The amount of, oh my God, this is sexually groundbreaking I had when I watched, like, even like Brokeback Mountain or Corn by Your Name, or I watched one recently called God's Own Country. And they're all like love stories between men.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It honestly gets me so much more than like, any kind of straight love story Mm -hmm. and I don't know what that is but I definitely think it's like an interesting aspect of desire of wanting to see like something that you're not represented in like for example men watching like lesbian porn it's like you are not represented in this So why is it hot?
2: Too fucking right you're not. Stay away. Get your dick
1: away. (laughs) Stay away
2: from us.
1: (laughs) But if there are two dicks, I'm interested.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. I think part of it, I mean, obviously, it's not um, surprising. It's just the subversion of some sort of conventional story in the way that um it's that it's um quote-unquote forbidden yeah or like edward cullen is supposed to be attractive or appealing because he's a predator and he's not um kind of prince charming it's just a different level or a different angle but still kind of fits into because it will still be it's always still and mostly too straight no not straight Too like at least white conventionally attractive men that will be portrayed in like gay men's stories absolutely yeah rather than like like it's representation but how far can that representation go if it doesn't look like 80 percent of the gay men out there for example and and a large part of our demographic is women it's like we're not necessarily making this to represent our community we're making this to capitalize on the desires of women
1: yeah of of um essentially just straight women which where have we
2: heard that before it's kind of the whole of life
1: it is fascinating like it's an interesting
2: so interesting i know and i wish i like knew everything because i yeah. really don't because people because also
1: we had i don't know we had the interesting conversation about the tom holland thing that it was like there's a part of you that feels like it's crazy like it's almost like it's not at all like it's the hot it's I mean to me it's the hottest thing I've ever seen in so long I was like oh my god I fucking love Tom Holland in his little corset but then <laughs> I mean we just differ so much on that because you were like I don't find this fit
2: no I don't I don't find it fit I, w- I completely get it though it's like mm. I agree with you it's not a niche to find it fit find it fit but like it's j- but what is that do you know what I mean? What is that then? I would love to know.
1: I completely agree. What is that? Why is it hot? Because it's like, like, there's a part of you that's like, oh, it's the blurring of mm-hmm, boundaries, yeah, like it's yeah. the gender, like fluidity of it. But it's also not really that confidence, everything. It's the, yeah, it's the confidence. It's the it's the fact Zendaya's in the corner fucking swooning. That's pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus. Um, like Zendaya's loving it. Like well, of course it's stunning. But there's something more to it that's like it's. Ugh, it's indescribable it's indescribable when tom holland looks at the camera and does a body roll down <laughs> to oh my god and zendaya screams oh it's my favorite bit
2: it honestly yeah desire is just indescribable i think and there's a million different angles and there's, there'll be a million different angles that we have not covered part of which being that Safi and i even though we have differing views are coming from a really similar angle so it's really hard
1: it's indescribable good thing we're talking about it on a podcast Are we done? I think we're done. Okay, good. And we've answered nothing, but- Get me out of it. We've given you some people to fantasize about. maybe i could just give you someone like now as in like essentially we do the story now okay like if i said can you because we've done this before we did it once with Jon snow where we'll be like so what's your fancy of Jon snow
2: oh yeah i came up with some good things right you
1: did you did come up with some good things
2: especially because i know what you like (laughs) we would be quite a good couple i do quite know what you like maybe yeah you could come up with a fantasy that i would like well seffy quite likes being some sort of like poor kind of nurse from like peasantry and she's like kind of scrounging around but with a magical
1: power yeah she's kind of an elf nurse I'm kind of like... Um, the most
2: beautiful woman you've ever seen.
1: A sort of goddess in disguise as a nurse.
2: <laughs> kind of an angel, earth. Yeah,
1: a heavenly angel in disguise as a, as a nurse. Yeah. That has to tend to the wounds of Jon Snow.
2: And you're walking through kind of, yeah, a war-torn nation and all the men are kind of gasping for air in their last <laughs> sight is you being so beautiful. Everybody wants you. Look at you, swooning away. Doesn't sound bad.
1: <laughs> Blushing. But like, if I give you, for example, um, I don't
2: want it. I don't want it. You don't want it? This is the thing with my daydreaming is I I need to fucking curb it. Honestly, (laughs) I take it too fucking far. And not just like not even in a romantic sense, I think just in life, like I'm far too in my head. I like it's an addiction.
1: Well, same. That's why I have to have the rule of don't fantasize about people, you know because I will change the narratives.
2: You guys know I'm currently like moving, trying to move. And there's this one place that I would actually really love to be in. And I said to Seffi, I'm breaking the rule of don't fantasize about people, you know, except it's just don't fantasize about apartments that actually exist.
1: Yeah, literally.
2: But by the time this goes out, it'll be either toast or- Dinner. (laughs) What's the opposite of toast? I don't know, what, like buttered (laughs) bread? Yeah.
1: (laughs) she just throw something out there back to by burnham yeah let's round it off a, cyclic, a
2: cyclical episode we start with bo we end with bo just round it off with bo burnham i feel like it all does it begins and ends with bo yeah yeah this universe this universe something i found really jarring is everyone being like There's a real discourse of people being like, I'm so worried about Bo after Inside. Like watching Inside, it made me, yes, right, okay, I'm glad you're giving me the same reaction. I haven't seen this. But isn't that the kind of the point is that he's
1: performing like a worrying, well, this is also what I was saying. Like, I don't know what's real and what's not in that special.
2: Yeah, well, he definitely is open about like mental, God, I'm really open wide with my legs right now. (laughs) <laughs> it's like that's a real that's mental <laughs> there's a real conversation about like oh like i feel so bad for it like i hope he's okay like i'm actually concerned and blah 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 so if we take it at face value that it is real and people are concerned that's the bit that i find jarring because i'm like and maybe now everyone's going to be really concerned for me but i'm like i don't i didn't i looked at that and thought like yeah it's not that bad <laughs> well i didn't
1: think it, No, no no i completely agree because it's just him he's crying on camera and he's kind of having like slight meltdowns. But there's nothing like, he's not doing anything absolutely crazy. It's just crazy to see a man do that on TV, I think. You're like, God, there's a man crying on TV.
2: Yeah, I don't, I think I, I think I maybe am in a bit of a bubble because in part, I do think I, don't really grasp how depressed everyone is in the sense of I think that we all just feel so sad all the time, but we don't. Like mm. some people do, but it's not like that. But I agree with you. And I think it's the same with this podcast in the way that we speak frankly about things that people will think it must be a performance or people will think oh, it must be really worrying. Yeah. But actually, the reality of it is it's just. What it is to be human, I don't know. I found it a bit frustrating or just bizarre.
1: No, no, I completely agree. Well, no, I agree with that, but I think that's why we're jarring. For example, when I say, oh my God, I had a fantasy that I had a miscarriage when I'm 13. It's like people hear that go, oh my God, what the fuck? Or like when we talk about, um, I don't know, like even rape or mm. like the male gaze in just a way that's, or even like, you didn't, you didn't think Tom Holland was fit in a corset.
2: Yeah, I don't, I think seeing people's reaction to Bo Burnham being kind of, in my eyes, that's just kind of like pretty normal. <laughs> Yeah, like he is. Is that he's turning 30? He's in a pandemic. I think it
1: is. It's just uh, the thing that's abnormal is to film it.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I think I just forget how much a lot of people are not in these conversations. Also, why are they worried about him? He
1: produced quite a lot of like quite incredible songs in that thing. He just cut it in between. There are bits of him crying.
2: Oh my God. So amazing. He's doing
1: pretty well, surely. He literally look at the like absolutely amazing stuff he created.
2: Well, I think the part that I find jarring is I kind. part of me refuses to believe that the people who are concerned about Bo Burnham are not equally. As depressed. Have not ever been equally as miserable in their own lives. I think it's just, yeah. I don't know, a disconnect there. There's some sort of cognitive dissonance there between seeing someone be like human and not seeing yourself in that i don't know i don't know i know some people don't like sadness and what and dark start. like i know they don't like that i just think I just can't imagine that. Do you know? What? I can't no, imagine not wanting weird. to see that, that is weird. or like not getting that or like, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know.
1: Well, maybe they do get it and they're like, this is, t- I don't know. I don't know. I
2: just almost wanted to put it on the pod in case any of you lot were concerned or. For Bo, If you weren't concerned for Beau. Yeah, I would love to hear <laughs> the thoughts, I think. I think we just want to have the chat about Beau. But anyway, yeah. shall we? Shall we? If you don't. If you don't hear from us, it seems worse, worse baby. But like, actually, though. <laughs>